Welcome to the Get It Together podcast with Jess and Sarah, a self-help podcast for cynics. Hello. Hello. How goes it? It goes very well, my friend. How goes it for you? You know, it goes. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's something, I guess. Yeah, so I've got, um, my bathroom has been ripped apart by my apartment complex. Cool. So that's pretty cool. Um, you know, just random weird life stuff. How how about you? What's been going on with you? I'm uh, just building business and trying to figure out how to keep all the plates spinning and keep the dog happy and, you know. I mean, the dog youth. happiness is like the most. Dude, she's very demanding. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. My dog currently is like rolling around, like sleeping next to me and just like keeps ripping my microphones like around. So, um, she pretty much runs She doesn't the house. give a shit. She gives zero shits. Um, yep. yeah, she's been around for a long time. So she just kind of runs the show. <laughs> <laughs> Funny how that happens. She's like I have seniority. She's like, I'm like I'm 90 true. in dog years, you bitch. So <laughs> I do what I want. That's right. <laughs> They're pretty much the best. I saw this, um, and I'll have to share it on the Facebook group, but there was this video that my husband showed me, and it was um, a Frenchie, like a little Frenchie dog, and apparently mm-hmm. its owner put it on like a diet, and the owner was like, no, you're done, and it, he was like next to his food bowl that was empty, and he had just finished dinner, and uh, she was like, no more, you can have more tomorrow, or whatever, and he's just, like, screaming. Oh, I can <laughs> like, relate. Throwing his little head around. <laughs> I can relate. <laughs> and growling at her. <laughs> <laughs> it was amazing, and I was like, that is 100% how I feel. Put more food in my bowl, goddammit. I want more food! More kibbles! I'm not finished. Completely relate. Dogs I, I definitely like ate an entire bag of, of chocolate today and I am not ashamed. It was delicious. Mm, so. I'm so jealous. <laughs> I'm dealing with all this inflammation because I have Hashimoto's and I'm on this. Mm. Um, I had to start back on the autoimmune protocol, the AIP. Ooh. Plan. So I'm just like freeze dried fruit, and, you know bland food over here but it's fine fine it's good it's fine (laughs) keeping it keeping it bland keeping it uh keeping it low inflammation yeah not so much fun but whatever we we could all benefit from that sometimes I know that I could yeah well (laughs) maybe my problem is that I really want eating to be fun all the time which may have gotten me into the situation currently. <laughs> so working on it. Yeah. Well, lucky for you, we are having a conversation today with a pretty cool lady. She, uh, she's a naturopath and an intuitive coach. Um, and she's talking about like not being stressed out about food, which I think is really relevant for you and for me and probably for everybody. Probably for so. everybody. <laughs> Real. I know. I love it. Yeah, I'm really excited about it. So here's our interview with Danielle Illingworth. 
We have today Danny. She's an author, naturopath, kinesiologist, and intuitive coach over at Divine Health and Wellness. And her book, Quit Stressing About Food, Practical Steps to Simplify Healthy Eating for the Whole Family, is available on Amazon now. Danny, thank you so much for taking the time to talk with us. This is such thank a really important and interesting topic. Um, yeah. Certainly something that Jess and I have, have discussed at length. Um, <laughs> And I'm curious what the catalyst was for you to write the book. Yeah, um, I've worked with women, um, particularly mums, for a really long time. I focused on weight loss with my clients for so long. And something that I noticed over and over again was they were just so unnecessarily stressed about what they were eating, yeah. what they were feeding their kids, uh, whether they were doing the right things, whether they were, you know, feeding their kids the right things or whether their diet was good enough. And I think there's just so much conflicting information these days for us that it's really easy to get overwhelmed with healthy eating. Mm -hmm. And I just wanted to write something that kind of simplified that and just broke it down back to the basics and um, yeah, made it really easy for people to eat healthy, but without all the stress and overwhelm that so often comes with it. And shame too. Like I, I think food is such an emotional issue for so many people. I know it is for me. Um, and particularly people who have struggled with some form of disordered eating, the idea that you're going to adopt some sort of an eating plan and not do it perfectly when you don't actually know what perfect is, is even more stressful, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah, um, absolutely. And I think healthy eating um, or just eating in general, food in general has become such an emotional thing mm -hmm. um, where it doesn't actually have to have that emotion behind it. It's nourishment and fuel for our bodies. It can make us feel really good, um, but we can enjoy food without all the guilt and shame and perfectionism and all those other things that come with it these days. Yeah, I mean, I imagine, and I've I've worked a little bit on the on the health side with coaching um, with clients, and one of the biggest things we focus on is stress because it's impossible to lose weight if that's your goal, if you are constant, if your body is always in that um, stress zone, your body just holds on to everything. So yeah. Absolutely. And we have enough stress these days that, you know, eating is just one of those things. We don't need to stress about that. There's enough other stresses in our life that if we can take away the stress that comes with um, just simple food choices, then it just makes everything easier. That's great. I like the sound of that. <laughs> <laughs> now, you talk a lot about creating a life that you don't want to escape from. What does that look like for you? Yeah, something I've um, been kind of talking about a lot recently is this idea that um, so many of us are kind of dragging our feet through each day, just waiting for a holiday or, um, you know, that kind of something that we're looking forward to yeah. while living a life that we're not enjoying. And I just, I'm really passionate about helping people actually create a life that they don't need to escape from mm. because life is not a collage of the one week holidays that you take every year. It's happening right now. Like it's every single day. It's all the little things that add up to make your life. And I think often in today's world, we think that we don't have a choice in how our daily life goes. We just kind of follow something that, you know, someone told us we should do or um, we don't think we have a choice in how our days go, but, there's a lot that we can do to change that. Um, and something that I heard on another podcast recently, um, and it really inspired me was, 
if you sit down and think about like your top one to three most important things in your life, and then you look at your daily or weekly schedule, does that actually line up? So Mm. if family is number one for you, and then you look at your schedule and you know, you're prioritizing housework over spending time with your kids. It's the little things like that, that, um, can make such a big difference when it comes to living a life that you don't actually need to escape from something that aligns with what's important to you. And you're actually enjoying most days, you know, like it's never going to be this perfect life that is hundred percent perfect all the time, but just doing what you can to live a life that you enjoy rather than just waiting for that holiday every year or whatever it is. For sure. We talk a lot on this podcast about living by your core values and kind of identifying what are those things that are important to you. And I doubt, you know, very few people I'm sure have eating the right food every single day on that list, you know? (laughs) Mm -hmm. So I love that idea of looking at what are the things you're doing and, and making sure that your life is lining up to that. And, um, I imagine a lot of your clients when they come in, they are kind of spending a lot of energy and time thinking about, am I eating the wrong foods? Am I doing the wrong things? Am I exercising enough? Um, and it is stressful. Yeah. Yeah. And even just, I'm not a fan of scales, um, Mm -hmm. and the amount of time people spend stressing about the number on the scales, um, or, you know, the number on the clothes tag that they're wearing, like those things don't really matter when it comes down to it because there's no one that I know of that would write, you know, a certain number on the scales in their top three most important things in their life. So. Right. That's a really good point. I certainly had moments in my life where I was obsessed with my weight and my size. But when you put it in the context of, you know, what are your top three priorities? You're right. It's, it's not even close. Mm. Although mm-hmm. it can seem like the most consuming important thing mm-hmm. when you are really in the throes of disordered eating and, and distorted body image. Right. Mm. And I think one of the things with weight, um, I might be segueing a little bit here, um, is that we only want to achieve that because of the way we think it'll make us feel. Mm-hmm. And I've been through um, a massive weight loss um, and it was actually because I went through a breakup and I couldn't eat. Like it wasn't something good. Right. Um, but I lost all this weight and I got to a size that I always wanted to be. And I just remember this specific moment where I was just with my thoughts and had this realization, like I thought that I would just feel confident when I was this size and I just looked around and nothing had changed because it's, it's all inside. Yeah. I went through the exact same thing and you're absolutely right. It's like that moment of like, okay, now what? Yeah. Yeah. It's it's not, it's not the crux of the issue. It never is. Yeah. Yeah, you know, we're real sensitive to the fact that some of our audience might have a past um, or current disordered relationships with food. So, you know, what would you say to someone or a client who wants to be really healthy and wants to change um, the way that they eat, but doesn't want to fall into that sort of disordered behavior or relationship? The obsessiveness. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah, I think it's a it's a real tricky thing these days because even the word healthy Um, when it comes to eating can be a trigger. Mm. Um, And even, you know, telling your friends that you're eating healthy can, you know, bring stuff up for you and for them. So it's a really hard place. But I think 
the best thing that you can do is focus on how food makes you feel mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. you as an individual. So, you know, if a certain food doesn't make you feel good, then don't eat a lot of it. Um, and coming back to how you feel when you eat in certain foods helps you to kind of get out of the noise that's online. The people that are saying you should eat this and then there's someone else saying, no, you shouldn't. Um, and, and all that kind of conflicting info and overwhelm. So I think the best thing that people can do, and I've overcome disordered eating myself, um, and it really is coming back to what feels right for your body rather than focusing on what you think you should or shouldn't be doing. Yeah, so much of it is sort of making that brain-body connection. You know, I think the mm-hmm. it's like the difference between mindless eating and mindful consumption. You know, mm-hmm. if you if you need if you want to know how something makes you feel, you have to actually be in your body in the moment. Um, so I, I imagine that's a big part of making that transition is is learning to be aware and reconnected at a cellular yeah, level. Absolutely. Yeah, I have clients come to me and they don't even know what they feel like when they're hungry or mm. when they're full. Like they, they have no bodily awareness mm. at all. And mm. so it's really hard to make healthy choices from that place because you don't have that connection. So something as simple as, um, you know, taking a few deep breaths before you eat a meal or just not being distracted while you eat, you know, put down the phone, turn off the TV, step away from the computer desk and um, just allow yourself to connect with the meal that you're having um, and give yourself that time to actually notice how you're feeling afterwards as well. Mm. You know, obviously eating healthy, quote unquote healthy, whatever that means for you. Um, I love, I love thinking of it that way because I have been on every single diet and I know that probably both of you has, have well Twice. as well. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and so often, you know, the diet that makes me feel best sounds insane to someone else. And um, you get a lot of pushback from people saying, well, that's not healthy. That's just this, or you should be eating fewer calories or you should be eating less fat. Um, and the truth is when you do spend that time to learn what makes sense for you and learn how your body reacts, you then have the ability to push back and kind of say, no, you know, I've tried that. That doesn't work for me. This is what I enjoy. And it kind of gives you that ability to set that boundary with people because people want to tell you what to do and how to feel. Everybody's got an opinion. Oh yeah. Yeah. I I mean, do you think that's because food is so emotional for everyone? Like, you know, talking about your particular diet or, or the fact that you're putting an effort into eating healthy, like it's triggering for somebody else. I mean, it's just so interesting to me because you're right. It's like there's always pushback when you have a conversation about some sort of a choice you're making about your diet, right? Yeah, I think it's interesting with food because, um, you know, if you're having like, say, a political conversation with someone, everyone's got a different opinion um, or a different belief, but you're not at a dinner party, you know, swapping political parties over and over. But when it comes to food, we tend to just follow what someone else says because we're not strong enough in, um, you know, we're not sure enough maybe about what we want to do for our bodies. Mm So when you do come back to that feeling, it gives you the power to, like you said, just stand firm in what you believe rather than just kind of jumping around based on what everyone else is saying, because there's always going to be someone who has a different opinion to you. Um, and that's totally okay because it works for them. So yeah, it's about just knowing what works for you and then having the conviction or confidence to actually stick to that rather than wavering. 
Wow, I never thought of food and politics in the same way. <laughs> You're so right. <laughs> <laughs> or religion, you know, like it's not like yeah. you're Christian yeah. and you meet, um, you know, a Buddhist and they tell you that you should be Buddhist. It's like, oh, okay, I'll try that for two weeks and see how it right. goes. Like it's, it's just, um, yeah, we, we just tend to follow what everyone else says with food yeah. and it causes so, so much confusion. That's so funny. You're right. Um, <laughs> Well, we all know, you know, healthy eating and it's very time consuming, um, but it's off, you know, it's so important, obviously. So what is one action that you would tell our audience to start taking today um, that could impact their health in a good way? In the book, I actually simplify. So every chapter ends with what I call small step, big results. So every <laughs> chapter has one action, I love but that. it's really hard to, um, to just narrow down to one. Um, something that a lot of the women that I work with struggle with is cravings. Mm, um, and sure. cravings is something that tend to make us feel out of control with our eating habits. So um, particularly like sugar and carb and chocolate cravings and things like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The one action step that I would recommend is having protein with every meal and snack. Um, I've done this with so many clients. I don't think there's a client that I haven't had to educate on blood sugar levels. Um, basically when your blood sugar is in balance throughout the day, you're not going to have those sugar and carb and chocolate cravings. Mm. Um, particularly like the ones that creep up around three, four o'clock mm-hmm. or, you know, eight, nine o'clock when the kids go to bed, that's generally a sign of disordered blood sugar. Um, and when you're having the protein with every meal and snack, then you don't have to use willpower to fight your cravings because they don't even come up in the first place. It's all about that balance and giving your body what it needs. I, I love, love that it. idea, not having to use willpower. That's great. Yeah, because <laughs> cravings aren't about willpower. They're your body telling you something mm. is out of whack. Right. Um, and so the whole willpower battle is really just wasted energy because mm-hmm. it's about looking at your day and going, okay, what can I do differently tomorrow to avoid getting to this place tomorrow mm-hmm. night? Yeah, that's great. Planning ahead so that you're not put in that position. What is one of your favorite uh, protein snacks that someone can just kind of throw in their bag? As they At the moment, I'm really loving almonds. Mm-hmm. Um, and I generally have like some dates or dried fruit or chocolate covered goji berries or something with them just to make it a bit more exciting than dry nuts. Mm -hmm. Um, And yeah, like bliss balls and things like that are really good. Um, Hummus is a good one because it's full of protein, fiber and healthy fats. So yeah, there's lots of different things you can add to the day um, in a really easy way that you don't have to overhaul your whole diet. You Mm -hmm. just kind of add things in where you can to make sure that you're getting that protein in. Yeah. And always having stuff with you, I imagine, is is a big thing, especially for people who, like me, like I'm constantly on the go, constantly Mm -hmm. on the go. And I run out of ideas for things I can throw in my purse. Mm. It used to be cheese, but I just won too many times. That was just not, (laughs) by the end of the day, that poor cheese stick had been so much. (laughs) Yeah. I have a reusable um, like Ziploc bag full of nuts and it's always full. I never go out without it because I know that if I get hungry and I don't have something there, then I'm going to get to the point of like hangry and that's Mm -hmm. where I'll eat the whole pantry and nothing will satisfy me. Yeah, completely. 
Just stand there with the door open. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Shoving it in. And it's such a, it's such a simple thing. I remember um, one of my favorite stories is I had a client come in and she wanted to lose weight um, and she was eating a block of chocolate every night. Mm. And I kind of felt this dare from her. She was like, I eat a block of chocolate every night. Like I dare you to tell me to stop that. <laughs> um, and so we worked on her diet and we literally didn't even think about the chocolate. I didn't mention it at all. But we added the protein in. She wasn't snacking between meals and um, she had no protein in her breakfast meal. So we fixed breakfast, really easy fix, um, just added some nuts and seeds to the muesli that she's already having. And then she had the two snacks in a day. And as she walked out the door from that first appointment, I could kind of see uh, the doubt in her eyes. She was mm-hmm. almost like, this naturopath didn't tell me to stop eating chocolate and I'm supposed to lose weight. Um, and she came back in two weeks later and she just had, I can't explain the look on her face. I don't know what it was like shock or curiosity or something. And she was like, what did you do to me? I'm not craving chocolate anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Life was, changing. Yeah. But it was just the best, um, like way to prove that it's not about willpower. It's not about fighting against that urge to have chocolate. It's actually the rest of the day that you need to address. And then it, it's so much easier mm. when that, that craving's not there. And it's not to say don't have chocolate, but it's when you're actually able to enjoy it in moderation in a way that feels good for you rather than having that overwhelming, uncontrollable urge, eating the whole block and then feeling like crap afterwards. Right. Right. Well, I think it's so interesting you bring up breakfast because that is the first meal of your day. A lot of people have something super sugary with no protein in it. Mm-hmm. And then they wonder why their diet goes off the rails. I mean, it's it's as simple as looking at that and seeing, you know, where are the small, small tweaks I can make. Um, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And it is, it is a case of the smallest changes making the biggest difference. Um, it doesn't have to be a complete life overhaul, mm-hmm. um, you know, a complete 360. It's just making those small little changes and making it easier for yourself in the long run. Mm-hmm. So I'm curious in writing the book, um, I always kind of like to find out what are some of the challenges that you came up with that you didn't expect to see when you were writing the book? You know, putting word to paper, figuring out how you wanted to go through this with the reader. Was anything surprising? Um, I think once I realized the book that I wanted to write, I've always wanted to write a book and I've written half a book before publishing this one and then just never finished it. Mm. Um, And I realized that was because it wasn't the right book. Like it didn't feel right for me. Um, But as soon as I knew what I wanted to write about with this book, I kind of sat down and nutted out the structure in like a day. And then I wrote the book within three months and it really just fell onto the paper. It was one of the easiest things I've ever done because it's everything that I'm passionate about. It's everything that I've been telling my clients for years and it's written in a really conversational tone so that the reader can read it really easily, um, can relate to what I'm talking about and really connect with the messages. So it's not, uh, like a polished perfected version (laughs) of what I wanted to write. It really is written the way that I would explain it to you in a yeah. conversation. So uh, I had so much fun writing it. 
Well, if you would like to connect with Danny, uh, you can do that at DanielleIllingworth.com and check out her book, Quit Stressing About Food, Practical Steps to Simplify Healthy Eating for the Whole Family, which is available for Kindle and paperback on Amazon. Um, and you can also connect with her on Facebook and Instagram at Divine Health with Danny, and we'll link those in the show notes. Yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having me. Yeah, and congratulations on the book. Yeah. Thank you. Congrats. Jess. What? Did you know you can get ethically sourced high quality products for your home and give back to those who need it most? Well, I like the sound of that. Tell me more. Well, Linger Homes creates beautiful, luxurious linens for every room in your home. I've been looking to upgrade my Sunday naps. Well, perfect, because Linger Homes bedding sets are crazy soft, come in gorgeous colors and patterns, and for every bedding set they sell, Linger donates a sheet set to homeless shelters and orphanages throughout India. You seriously can't beat that. Seriously. And to top it all off, they're offering free shipping and a 90-day trial to Get It Together listeners. To learn more about Linger Home, go to getittogetherpodcast.com slash promos. That's getittogetherpodcast.com slash P-R-O-M-O-S. I can't wait to take the longest nap ever. Well, that was so amazing. I really enjoyed everything she had to say about just kind of how you look at food and how you think about food. And what did you think? I love the idea of taking the pressure off and just allowing yourself to do what works for you. Mm -hmm. You know, Mm -hmm. I was flashing back as she was talking to um, the the years being a single parent with a young child and, and a full-time business. And I was so, I just constantly felt like I was failing. I constantly yeah. felt like I was just not doing enough. I wasn't doing it right. And I, and that, that I think is such valuable insight to just take the pressure off. Like, why do we put so much pressure on ourselves to get everything perfect when it comes to diet and nutrition? Yeah. When really you can eat very well and very clean and very healthy and it doesn't have to be perfect. Mm -hmm. So to me, that was the biggest takeaway. It was just to, you know, take the pressure off and allow ourselves to do that enough. Because as I said in the interview, I think that food and shame are so intermingled. Mm -hmm. It's a really hard one to kind of loosen your grip on. Yeah. No, I completely agree. And I actually recently, um, kind of had a moment of like exactly what she was saying, like eat what makes you feel good. And, um, I decided to go back to kind of just eating whole foods. And that was hard for me. Cause I, I've subscribed to like paleo for a long time and keto and like all of these different protocols and diets. Tried them all. I've tried everything. And really <laughs> at the end of the day, like what makes me feel the best are, you know, really complex carbs, but, you know, having some carbs and vegetables and, you know, things that are just not complicated. And I think that we try to make it so complicated sometimes. Mm-hmm. That's um, true. Like the whole idea of counting macros, mm-hmm. my head wants to explode. Like right. I can't even deal. And I tried so hard for so long to stick to that yeah. ideology. Um, but also, you know, like right now I'm having, I'm having to be very careful about what I eat because mm-hmm. of my health and I've got to get things under control. Um, but even that's like taking the pressure off. Like I'm not going to get it perfect all the time. Yeah. I've got the best of intentions. I know what to stock in my fridge and in my cabinets and what to keep out of the house and to just 
take it one day at a time and take the pressure off. Yeah. Yeah. That's all you can do. And you know what, if you, um, you know, quote unquote, slip up or have a cheat day. Like, I think the most important thing is not to stress about it because like she said, you know, um, stressing about it is the worst thing you can do for your body. It It does everything. Yeah, it does. I also think we, you know, that the idea of intuitive eating where you are, you know, really paying attention to how food makes you feel, Mm -hmm. um, is really powerful because I definitely like am, 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 I am an emotional eater. Mm -hmm. And there's a mindlessness involved in that. And yeah. so it's literally just like, I am like a shark. Like, you know, my eyes go glassy. I mm-hmm. you cannot reach me <laughs> through the, <laughs> you know, through, through auditory means I am in the zone. And, um, I just, I, I think that's something that it's, it's like a learned skill mm-hmm. that I think we need to be teaching young kids about, yeah. you know, like really paying attention, like, oh, you ate that processed thing and now you're being an asshole. Like hmm, maybe right. it wasn't, maybe it's doing something to your body that you, you know, your body doesn't like. Right. Anyway, that just stood out to me. Well, and I think to that point too, kind of on the other side is if you are going to eat something that you know, um, isn't good for you or doesn't make you feel well, but it's like something like a treat. Like, I don't know, there's this really amazing ice cream that I'm super into right now. And I know it makes me feel like garbage, but it's, it's really good. But I make the conscious decision of like, I'm going to have a couple of spoonfuls of this and it's a decision I'm making. I'm aware of how it might affect me. And Mm -hmm. so just really being mindful and not just like sitting there and eating a whole carton mindlessly. And then not punishing yourself for it later. Exactly. Exactly. Just that mindfulness that I know we've talked about before on the podcast with, um, you know, Courtney around sugar and everything like that. But I think just overall that mindfulness is so important. So for sure, for sure. Loved it. Me too. I'm feeling much more invigorated about my diet and all the foods that I'm eating and just gives you an opportunity to look at things differently. So I'm excited to uh, start the week looking at things a little bit differently. Nice. Yeah. All right. Well, so what, um, you know, food or non-food related, what are your intentions for this week? Uh, My intention for this week is to continue on my meal planning quest right now, which what I'm doing because I have to, in order to, for this to not drive me completely insane because I have a very busy work life. Um, I have to plan all my meals. I have to meal prep ahead of time. And this Mm -hmm. is a very different way of cooking. Um, and there are things that I just still don't quite get, um, about the AIP protocol. Mm -hmm. So, um, I'm, my, my intention this week is to get a little bit more comfortable and confident in the process I think yeah 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 how about you um well this week at the end of the week I'm headed over to New Orleans for a girl's trip um doing a little celebrating which we will talk about next week on the podcast but Mm -hmm. um yeah I'm just excited to go get away for a little bit and um have some fun and experience some new food and culture that I haven't. And, um, yeah, so my focus really this week and my intention is to create a situation where I can really disconnect from work and, you know, just really connect with my friend and our, our experiences there in New Orleans. So, um, yeah, really focused on that this week. Oh, you've earned it, babe. 
Thank you. Thank you. If you would like to share your intention with us, you can do so in the Facebook group at facebook.com slash groups slash get it together or on Instagram at get it together podcast. That's right. And if you like this podcast, you can show your support by rating, reviewing, and subscribing wherever you get your podcasts and by telling your friends about us. And if you would like to learn more about us or get show notes or even drop us a line, you can go to our brand new website at www.getittogetherpodcast.com. And tell your friends, tell your family, get people in on the conversation, help us grow the community. That's what it's here for. That's right. That's I shouldn't it. improvise because that made absolutely <laughs> no sense. I liked it. <laughs> uh, goodbye. Goodbye. <laughs>now we've just had the interview and we, we are, are glistening from our win we're sweaty a little <laughs> bit exhausted <laughs> no that's just me okay <laughs> uh.